Good morning, good morning, happy Friday. We are back at our regularly scheduled programming. It is Friday, which means it is time for another edition of Kingdom on the Road. And this week, we are uh, continuing on with our series on um, answering the tough questions. And somebody asked me this uh, th this past week, why are you guys covering the uh, all of these tough questions? Why are you guys talking about those kinds of things? And the best thing that I could, the best way that I could answer it is how often do you hear people ask these questions? You know, the, and, and that was what, that was kind of what the, what their response was, was like, you know, Oh, everybody's talked about this. Well, exactly. Exactly. The point, these are, these are questions that come up all the time and are relevant to today's world. And so we're talking about it because we have to be aware of the culture in the world that we are um, a part of. So uh, this week, uh, this week, I, I kind of, this was, this is something that I've known has existed, but it's actually interesting how, how this kind of was, was really pushed into my face as far as uh, a relevant topic. And it actually came when I was looking up videos on our uh, conversation about the the problem of pain and suffering, and I I was on you know the 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 fertile ground of nonsense of TikTok, and I <laughs> and uh, I, I I'm I'm listening to this guy and he just you know why why don't I why don't I let him go ahead and speak for himself? So I want to start off with a nice healthy dose of of tiktok related nonsense for you all as soon as i hit play we're off to the races so here we go if god is good then why do we suffer many people have an issue with this question and even in christianity today they're somewhat confused about the answer truth be told whatever we name the divine presence whether we call him god we call god the law the source the universe or as jesus in aramaic called god allah there is an eternal law that's in place and we always reap what we sow. This law is in. So the rest of the, the video goes more in line of, of reaping what you sow and the, um, and, and the, the, the problem of evil. But that, that was one of those like, Whoa, this isn't even talking about that. Like this isn't even a video that's specifically addressing that and you have people that are coming to others and saying okay so really whatever you want to call it and then going into whatever it is and i'm like whoa we need to we need to address that hmm. because uh, there's nothing new under the sun this is not this is far from a new concept and so i and and i see this being uh a, a couple of, we have to take this uh, take this uh in um a couple of different chunks, but I want to start off before we go any, before we get to any of the periphery stuff, I feel like we need to address dead on 
this issue and idea of, is it all universal? Is it the universe? Can we just call it whatever we want and it's all the same thing? Before we get there, good morning, Epic. Thank you for joining us. Um, and before before we really kick into it, the you're you're gonna see this gimmick in the bottom left hand left hand side. Chime in below. This is one of those topics that we really benefit from hearing from you guys because this has been an issue that's been uniquely a humanitarian issue or or a human issue rather, not humanitarian, but but a, a uniquely human issue because we've we've constantly seen different versions of this along the way. So if there is something specific that you have questions about, something specific that you guys want to hear us address about this, seriously chime in in the uh, comment section wherever you are watching. Trust me when I tell you that this is not a um, a gotcha moment. We're not looking to beat anybody up. The reality is, is that if these questions don't get answered, then they just fester. And we believe that questions need to be asked and questions need to be answered. So I'll let you go ahead and roll it. Yeah, I think this is um, a relevant question because, you know, um, I have uh, Muslims in my family. I have, and, and probably a lot of us, a lot of us do, um, people who are atheists in your family, people who are, uh, you know, view science against God, not, you know, just science as a, as a means of discovery, but view an, an, an anti-God view. We believe in science, not God kind of thing. Um, you got different people. You got people that just believe in positive thinking, self-help, and 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 if I just think correctly, uh, you know, the universe draws to me what I need. And so you have people that have a lot of different thinking. I think our goal, from a Christian perspective, is is it interchangeable? Can we just say, well, whatever you want to say? I think from a, a non-Christian perspective, um, you can't help but say oh it all looks the same to me and and i can understand that because in order to know god the way that a christian knows god you would have to put your trust in christ receive the holy spirit and be spiritually renewed spiritually transformed and that is a critical point that gets overlooked in these conversations that um, these other beliefs are taking on these concepts and ways and, 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 and customs. Whereas as a Christian, I am transformed by the power of the Holy spirit. Does that mean that I'm perfect from that point forward? No. Cause some people would say, well, if you're transformed, then why do you still think wrong? Why do you still, you know, say bad words? <laughs> you know, why do you, you know, why do you do X, Y, Z, whatever it is that people want to nitpick at, Right. Why do you still do that if you're changed? Well, because it's a process of sanctification and preparation for glorification with Christ. And I think we have to realize that they're not all the same. And if you sat down with each one, fundamentally, there are some principles that overlap. Right. But if you sat down with a devout Muslim, they would say no Christianity and uh 
Islam are not the same. We have a different belief about Jesus. You know, even in that video, it kind of said that Jesus's name in Aramaic was Allah. Uh, that would be offensive to a Muslim. Yeah. That would have to be offensive. Like, whoa, I'm like, well, I don't think you want to say that, <laughs> you know, so we can't just throw it all into a gumbo pot and say it's all the same for the sake of each that are represented. And how do we distinguish one from another so that there are options here instead of, well, whatever you believe is whatever you believe, who cares, you know, kind of situation. So it's my initial. And I'm glad that you brought up the, um, the dichotomy between addressing this from the point of view and perspective of the believer and the non-believer, because if you don't take the time and I'm, I'm speaking in terms of the non-believer, but there's there's a reality to this with both sides of the perspective here. If right. you don't take the time to really investigate each one of the the beliefs that you are addressing and each one of the things that you're talking about, then yeah, it can look all all the same. And I, I think there's something to, and, and I, I do think there's there's layers to it, but I think there's something to the idea that we have people who who claim the name of Christ um, that are still walking around and and saying, these these kinds of things you know what i mean but i think either way whether you are a believer or not if you don't take that time and and at least have a cursory understanding then then you don't really know what you're saying and it can it religion looks like religion looks like religion i still go back to and, and i've used this analogy before i go back to being the annoying guy in my world religions class in college because everybody else took it because it was a quote unquote easy a for a humanitarian's uh credit and uh i don't i i engaged because i found it fascinating that there is overlap there is a lot of things that you can grab from this and you can grab from that and man those do look similar but what's really interesting is what makes them different at least to me what what, what makes them different and that requires some due diligence and things like that uh we have some comments here we've got epic uh in doing so people deny the power of the cross if it's all relative to an individual's perspective, then Christ's sacrifice was in vain. And she clarifies by in doing so, I mean, by in claiming that it's all the same. And we have a Facebook user. If you, um, there's a way to connect it. So that way we can see who you are, but otherwise um, thanks for uh, joining in it. That it's that time to change. Um, if uh, I, I'd, I'd love to hear, I'd love to hear more and what specifically you are uh, talking about there. Yeah. So, yeah. so yeah, I mean, you just, almost can't good. Well, I, I was going to just say something because even in the language of 
you know, you said believer and non-believer. That's from the perspective of the person talking, right? Because if you're a Muslim, right, we're the non-believer. Mm, yeah, <laughs> and okay. they're the good, right? good point. you know, so even that was like we've got a it's it's just it is really layered. I think you hit it right on the head. There are yeah. really layers to this thing that you have to consider in order to have the conversation. Um, it's like, whoa, okay, how do we address this and how do we distinguish each one so that a person then can make a circumspect decision that they can actually say, all right, I want to follow Christ or I want to follow, you know, uh, Islam or I, I'm, I'm just going to follow the secret and let the universe guide me, you know, or what, what have you, you know, but if you throw them all together, then I, I think there's no accountability, right? There's, 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 you, you're not making a decision. <laughs> you're, you're just saying uh, whatever, you know, whatever's whatever. And so I do think that, that this conversation needs to be had so we can, you know, kind of address certain things, you know, and, and not to be disrespectful or combative, but to be clarifying. Right. And that's, and that's a good, that's a good point to raise because, um, and specifically to what I was to what I was referring to in that moment, I was I was referring to the the Christian believer or non-believer. But you right. are correct that when you are involving all of these different belief systems all together, you have to make sure that you are taking the time to uh, clarify clarify terms. You know, take take the take the beat to allow for the um the definition to be given so that way we're able to um really understand what we're what we're getting at here and you raised something that it's it's a point that i want to that i that i want to raise um that that i that i want to raise in the whole thing but now's a good time as any because you started bringing it up that i think part of the issue when we talk about this whole idea of is it all relative is there is a very clear off ramp into all of this that leads towards discrimination or hate or something along those lines where we look at anything that is counter to the Christian perspective and we start to show I'll, I'll say hatred or or disdain or prejudice against other groups or other belief systems or something like that all in the name of keeping christianity pure now the issue here is that yes there is the core of christianity that we should be seeking to keep pure but in keeping that pure part of that is loving God and loving others. So in keeping it pure, if in doing that, you're showing prejudice to somebody else, you, you, my friend have missed the point. You know what I mean? Like that's, you've, you've missed the, you've missed the ramp here. And so what a, a, an important part of this is being willing to 
really dig into the meat and potatoes of the conversation without doing without having the motive of I just want to prove that they are the heretic or that they are the 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 one that's in the wrong but actually doing so in a in a way that that is honoring God and looking to seek authentic truth because that's okay to see, to want to seek authentic truth and part of that is separating out the truth from the false but you can do so in a loving manner right yeah and i think that has to be um i don't know when when paul in acts chapter 17 goes um to mars hill and he reasons with the people there um he did it in such a way that they invited him back next week. <laughs> You're yeah. like, hey, come back and tell us more about that. Are we being invited back to have conversations? <laughs> or once we've had a conversation, they're like, I never want to talk to you again. You know, I'm through with it. You know, are we able to do that in a way that gives us the opportunity to reason with people and share instead of, like you said, I'm just going to prove that they're the heretic. I'm going to prove that they're wrong. I'm, I'm going to go after them. And, and, and I think right. that is, is, is not the goal, you know? And I know agape love, God's love, the first priority of God's love is that he's not willing for anyone to perish, right? Right. That's why we say John 3, 16, so, you know, so much that for God so loved the world, so agape the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Verse 17 says, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that through him, the world might be saved. And so that's right. the goal is for all men to be saved. And when, when you purposely attack other people and put them on the defensive, the Bible says that uh, a brother offended is harder to win than a strong city. You know, yeah. out of Proverbs, it's like once they put up that wall, oh, man, it, it, it's a fight. And you don't want to be the person that forced the wall up. You want to be able to have that conversation and there to be an open door, even though we don't agree. You know, there's still an yeah. open door to have the conversation so the Holy Spirit can do his work. Right. Right. So. What's up, Sully? I should have known that it was you. Um Sully's from the uh, the Biblical Chili crew, um, which is uh, one of the places that I've that I was really confronted with this and forced to wrestle with this more so from the believer to believer point uh, per perspective, rather than like somebody somebody with uh, with a um, somebody who openly practiced another another religion. Now. To, I, I want to I want to draw on an example because this is the first time that this was live and in living color for me. Um, I lived in a when I first moved back to Pennsylvania, I lived in a small apartment complex and there was a dude, Muhammad, that lived right next to us. Really nice guy. Didn't know much of anything from him. Knew he wasn't from uh, originally from America. Knew where knew where he worked. That was about it. Really, really nice guy. Um, 
locked out of my apartment the one uh, the one day he's leaving he's like you know yo you okay you need any help i was like yeah no i'm good i'm just i'm just waiting on my brother to come all, all of that kind of stuff he's my brother still hadn't come by the time he came by the time he came back and he go and uh he goes okay come come in and have a beer i'm like okay cool fine let's <laughs> let's go in, let's go in and talk now mind you this is when um the news was very keenly focused on talking about the islamic brotherhood that there's a specific group for those of you that don't know called the islamic brotherhood that's not a catch-all phrase it is a specific group um and we're sitting there talking and and all of this kind of stuff and and he goes i've heard you talk about being a christian right and i'm like yeah and he shows me this bracelet that he uh, that he's wearing, and in it's it, he's it it openly states that he's part of the Islamic Brotherhood. And I was like, okay. And and he asked me a couple of questions, like curio- curiosity things, nothing like too too crazy or anything. But then we went on to talk about what we like what we like to do for like uh, for fun and all of that kind of stuff. Like it was it was a very friendly conver- uh, conversation and I didn't immediately shut off the conversation because of the fact that like, just take 30 seconds and, and, and take a look and see what's, you know what I mean? Yes. Most news outlets are going to be biased and things like that, but take a look and see, you know what I mean? Like, uh, so I, I didn't allow that to become a stumbling block and that was a lot that, that, allowed for authentic conversation. And so I don't want to derail it too far away from the, away from the source, uh, the source material of, of, is this all relative, but we need to be aware of how we process these things and what we're doing with other people. And I think in some ways, I know for me, it's almost easier for me to look at people who who practice another religion as easier to love than believers <laughs> that that go here there and everywhere right i have i have struggled throughout the entirety of my time of being a christian with people who i view in my human flesh to be speaking out of both sides of their mouth and we talked about when we did the episode on grief, we talked about, okay, look, sometimes you need to listen to the person behind the microphone struggle out loud. And so, so folks, this is, this is me being honest about where I've been with this whole thing, that this isn't something that is naturally easy for me because I look at, at believers and I hear things that are bringing in other belief systems, or I hear things that are antithetical to what what how we should be as Christians. And I'm like, okay, I can't hold them to that to the to a certain standard because they don't play by my playbook. I can hold you by that standard. I right. can hold you by that. Right. right. You know what I mean? And and that there's there's a lot of things that you can go on from there about judgment and about this and about like, and I don't want to go down that road, go down those rabbit holes, but be step one 
is accepting that you can have a conversation without taking in and accepting their belief system. And yeah. that's okay. And then that at least gets the ball rolling of being able to peel back the layers and all of that. Because I think if we skip that first step, if we don't take the beat to talk about that first step of you can have a conversation with folks and that's okay. Right. You can have open dialogue and that's okay. If we skip that step, then we don't actually get anywhere. And I I don't think I've, I don't think I've, I, I, I don't think at first I fully understood the realities of how easy it is to skip that first step until I came around folks that weren't skipping that first step. And it helped me to see, well, wait a minute. If, if, there's open dialogue happening here that results in a positive outcome, but everybody's still walking away, believing their own thing. What do I do with that? Because I'm not having that type of dialogue with folks because I'm not allowing for it to happen. Right. Right. I, I, I agree. You know, growing up and this is a little bit of a, a different uh, context, but growing up being a sports fan, right? A lot of times you would have conversations with somebody about their team. And in order for them to show their allegiance to their team, they've got to point out all the faults with your team. Your team sucks at this and your team sucks at that. And you're, and, and that seemed to be the way that you approach conversations where there's a difference of loyalty instead of being complimentary in the sense of, you know, well, here's what my team does well, but your team is good at this, you know, and here's where I feel like we might have an advantage, but you guys are, you guys are, you know, and so taking that same type of logic into some of these conversations with people who have different belief systems, because just because somebody has a different belief system doesn't mean everything they say is false. Right. I think that's the issue that most Christians suffer with is that if they believe a di if they have a different belief system then everything they say is is untrue. And that's where we get tripped up and that's where we sound like crazy people <laughs> because they just because you're saying it I'm going to come against it because you don't believe what I believe. So I can't listen to anything that you say. And by yeah. doing that, now we alienate and we uh, uh, make opposition or turn people into enemies or opponents. When there's already a barrier that has to be overcome, we're going to put up more barriers. We're going to cause more of a gulf between us because your belief doesn't agree with mine. So everything you say and do is wrong. Right. right. <laughs> and that's not necessarily true. They're, 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 they may have very true statements, very wise statements. And, you know, you've got to learn how to agree where the agreement is and learn how to say, well, here's what we teach or mm -hmm. here's, you know, our perspective of that. One of the main differences between Christianity and specifically um, Islam is Jesus. Right. And I've had 
tons of conversations with uh, devout, you know, Muslims about our different view of Jesus. That is the main, you know, difference. And so when you go to somebody and or when, when a person's looking at the religions from the outside and says, oh, they're all the same, whatever you want to call it, that's offensive to all <laughs> because yeah. at the end of the day, like, well, wait a minute, we, we don't know what we believe is different from what they believe. What we understand is different from what they understand. And being able to have that distinction then allows for you to have a conversation as long as you're not using that distinction as a means to batter or beat down or um, to you to to find yourself superior you know, because you believe this and they don't. Right. And that's one of the things that I think is, is really key in to, to understand when unpacking this whole topic is that Christianity was never meant to be a matter of supremacy. Now, for some people, what I just said was scandalous. Because oh <laughs> we we are the we are the truth, and we are. I believe I am bought in, sold out for the fact that I I I believe in God. Because because God God is real. Because this is real. You know what I mean. I am a Christian because of the realities of that. But we also have to take take that right that truth that way and all of that kind of stuff. And reconcile that with the actions and words of Jesus. And when we really seek to understand the context of the kingdom of God, it is not a context of supremacy or moral majority. It is not a context to say that we are supposed to vanquish the world and take down all of the sinning heathens. As a matter of fact, if we watch Jesus's actions, he doesn't come through like, yes, he has the moment of flipping tables and everybody talks about Jesus flipping tables and all of this kind of stuff. And yeah, we can't negotiate our way out of it, but are we also going to ignore the fact that he came through gently and humbly and did a lot of things that that didn't come through like that warrior messiah like people have been looking for for a long time and so putting that piece into place first and foremost that's that's really key um if, if there's anything else that you want to say about that, otherwise, I want to define a term that I think is really key to understanding the process philosophically and in, pra in practice of what, why, why we seem to keep coming back to the gumbo pot of these different religions and things like that. Because it's easy to say, oh, America is the great melting pot, right? And it's easy, even for myself, to poke at America specifically and, and call out a mo the modern context or call out what, what this looks like in 
this country. But the reality is, is that if we look throughout biblical history, there is there has been a long-standing warning from God to his people to be aware and to be careful about the idea of adopting practices from other belief systems. And there's a word for that. It's called syncretism. And, and syncretism is the concept of assimilating various religious practices into one singular practice. And the thing about that is that a lot of people will conflate the idea of syncretism with the idea of um, quoting or living out what Paul did <laughs> to being something to, to being um, oh the why did the wow the quote just ran right up the hill just ran ran right out of my head. All things to all people. <laughs> all things to all people. Thank you. Right. Wow. Gotcha. Um, <laughs> but uh, that that so 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 that's something I, I hear a lot. That that oh we're just we're adopting this because that way we're trying to win we're trying to win everybody so that way it looks so if so if we if we cast a wider net we're going to catch more people right right. Yeah, and and that's interesting because even Paul never thought he would catch everybody, right? right. <laughs> you know, even his thought process was that that I might win some, right? You know, and even to those that are without law, he said, "I'm without law, but not without the law unto God." And so he he still showed piety and loyalty to God, even in the practices that he did. So he didn't just like you said, throw out, you know, uh, my Christian values in order to adopt these values so that they'll accept Christ. I think that's a, that's a, that's a major mistake. I think understanding what people believe and being able to have knowledgeable conversations with them is what Paul is saying. He understood what the Jews believe. He understood what the Gentiles believed. He was well-versed. That's why he could go into that amphitheater on Mar Mars Hill and have a conversation and say, well, hey, I see that you guys are religious. I see that you believe in something. I see that you worship. Let, let, let's talk about this particular altar you have built to an unknown God. Can I proclaim him to you? He didn't say, yeah, all this other stuff you guys are doing is sinful and wrong and you need to tear it all down because you're not worshiping the true God. That's our posture today. Whereas somehow Paul understood, and I know it's by the Holy Spirit, but he really understood that I need to engage these people in conversation and then I might win some. <laughs> I'm right. not going to get them all, right? <laughs> I'm not going to be able to change them all. So, so, But I'm not going to just take what they're doing and say, yeah, I do the same thing as you. Let's 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 go all go to the 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 the, the temple of of uh, Artemis and go in and let's right. say prayers. He didn't do that. He said, no, let me proclaim to you what I believe, and now let's have dialogue. Right, exactly. And and there's a couple of key things that you pointed out there that's really important to remember. 
Paul didn't go tearing it down in heresy hunting and take down the sinful heathens, but also didn't say, okay, let me, let me warm up the conversation by stepping into this context and doing as the, as the old saying goes, do as the Romans do. Oh, <laughs> and, 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 practice those things and then and then wait for the right conversation to be like well actually and then go into go into the rest of his the rest of his dialogue he didn't do either one of those things you also raised a raised a very good point in that we know that paul's seeming seemingly supernatural understanding and awareness for the situation that he was at yeah. Comes from the Holy Spirit. Now catch this. We are indwelt mm. by the Holy Spirit actively. Like you and I, anybody listening to this, if you're a Christian, you're indwelt with the Holy Spirit. Gotcha. Done. Done. Like that's that is a <laughs> statement of fact. Now it's easy to say, oh yeah, but that was that was biblical times. That was different. Was it though? Was it was though? It though? <laughs> the the thing the thing about that is it goes back to the conversation and and the the whole idea of making a consideration for the spiritual implication of our statements and of our reality yeah yeah because we it's 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 hard when and this is actually something that I used to trip about when trying to unpack Christianity, you know, and asking all of those questions in world religion and all of that kind of stuff. I think there was a part of me having already been exposed to the Christian thought that was hoping that in the process of me poking and prodding at these different world religions, that I would find that one thing. I'd find the thread that separated out Christianity from the rest that I would find that one that I was like, aha, I figured it out. What <laughs> separates this from the pack? And the reality is, is as we unpack these things, as we navigate through life, as we have these conversations, as we figure out, okay, what is this practice? Where did it come from? Why do we do these things? There, ha We have to consider the spiritual component of the conversation because Otherwise, man, mm, that practice looks a lot like this practice, looks a lot like that story, looks a lot like that. And it's it's really hard to separate out the various pieces. Now, there are some things that you can look at clear as day, black and white, like, no, that's not something that Christianity adopts. That's not something that Judaism adopts. That's not something that Islam adopts. That's not there. There, there are clear and defined aspects, but there are other things that, like, mm, it's either a matter of of intention, or it's a matter of little idiosyncrasies that get highlighted when we understand that we can live out of a context of being guided supernaturally by Holy Spirit in a very real way. That's not mystical mumbo jumbo. That's not hyperbolic language. That's not anything other than the fact that as Christians, we can take the Bible at its word 
that we have the guidance of the indwelt spirit of God within each and every single one of us. Absolutely. And, and, and if we don't understand that reality, we'll, we'll miss so much of scripture. So much of scripture mm -hmm. won't even make sense, right? We'll be reading it and we'll be like, okay, so what does that mean? You know, those that are led by the spirit of God, these are the sons of God or the children of God. I'm like, okay, well, how am I led by the spirit? Whereas, you know, and I think that's where kind of the hit or miss happens. Whereas, you know, I don't believe in, uh, I don't, not certain in Islam, they believe in being guided, you know, by the spirit, by any spirit, right? But in universalism, the universe, right? You know, that can guide you. The universe can guide you to what you need and all that kind of stuff. And so now that sounds mystical. And so when you hear a Christian saying, Holy Spirit, you're like, oh yeah, that's the universe. And, he, and so there's all these different ways to, kind of say copy and paste oh okay yeah see that's the same and in all actuality you know th there is a fundamental difference in what we're being guided to because when you're talking about the universe guiding you is the universe guiding you to god or is the universe god is the universe getting you what you want or is you know so because holy spirit is teaching you who god is and how to live for him the universe is giving you what you want because that's what you want. And so right. to say that those two things are the same, right? Fundamentally, there's a problem with that, you know, and, you know, and like you said earlier, you know, if you guys are in the comments, come on and jump in, you know, give your feedback um, and, and ask your questions or make your statements uh, because it, this is, a, I think, a very interesting dialogue that, like you said, Okay, people have had this conversation, you know, but what are some of the specific things that we can kind of talk through that will help us to further unpack this idea that they're all the same, you know, <laughs> they're all the same, whatever you want to call it, you know, whoever you want to, what name you want to say, you know, because people ask this in Christianity. I got a question from somebody and they said, hey, I just want to know because it's confusing to me. Who am I praying to? Am I praying to the Holy Spirit? Am I praying to Jesus? Am I praying to the Father? Who is he, right? And you, you think, well, that's a weird question. No, that's actually a question that a lot of people have. Again, it falls under this that, man, people ask this question a lot, you know, and I always answer it. Well, we pray to the Father, you know, through Jesus, by the inspiration or power of the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit, it should be guiding us, you know, to the Father's will, to understand his will. Jesus is the door. Without Jesus, we don't even have that access to the Father. And so Jesus becomes our access to the Father. Now, if we said any one of them, Holy Spirit, help me, would that be wrong? No. If we said, you know, Jesus, help me, would that be wrong? No, because they're one. And this is where, again, Christianity and islam separate because they believe that's three gods that's not one god you know revealed in three persons that's three different gods you know but the bible teaches that they're all one that if you're praying to the father you you can't have the father without the son and you can't have the son without the father and the holy spirit is the one who reveals the father and the son to us because that's that's the spirit of god and so it, it 
I think for a lot of people, it's like, well, why can't we take that outside of Christianity and just say it's all the same? Since they're all the same, isn't it all the same, right? <laughs> right, right. And I think setting the stage is important to understand why the soup of the day is, in a lot of respects, universalism. And, and this whole idea of, you know, it's all relative, but, you know, you look at, look at it. If, if you watch through the old Testament, we can see a lot of different examples of very specific. Okay. So I'm in this area and everybody's doing this. And so we're going to do this. And sometimes it's, it's, for for in an effort to not face opposition other times it's just being led astray by a corrupt king or something along those lines but this is not new so so it's important for us to then take that into the modern context to understand what the what the the one that we probably hear more often than not in in, in today's world and I'm gonna I'm gonna play another um, video here and this is more of a specific um, example of somebody laying out what they think and how they kind of get to this idea of um, God in the universe being being one so I'm gonna go ahead and play that no but how do you know that god and universe are one and the same can't there just be a universe without it being god it's an awesome question this is my last video for the night so i am going to do this and then see y'all in the morning so when normally in different civilizations when they define god they call god the greatest thing ever they call God the greatest thing conceivable to man and beyond. They say that God is everywhere. They say that God is all-powerful. Um, they say that God is all-knowing. You'll always find these within systems of high gods. The only thing that we know of that's all-powerful, that's all the information, uh, I was hoping it would play more than that. It says it's the universe. And that's where he makes a connection point between God and the universe. And that's that's taking it from more of a pantheistic perspective of there's a there's a plurality of gods out there. And a lot of this stems from this whole idea of God being everywhere all at once, all encompassing, which there is, there are fragments of truth baked, baked into right, this right. idea. But then we take that, then, then it goes to the point of making it so that there's, there is a, a, it, it loses the aspect of and and sheds the aspect of god the father god the son god
God, the Holy Spirit, and makes it so that it's all, it's all there is no distinction. Yeah, because uh, I think the, the the real struggle for me personally is it's it turns God into a force um, that there's no personal, there's no intellect there, that the universe is just there, all encompassing. But the idea of God having a plan for salvation, God loving his creation, God desiring, uh, having desire for us, you know, God being angry at depravity and, 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 and sin and, and, and frustrated with the, the needless deaths and all that kind of thing and, and wanting man to follow his ways so that, you know, man will experience his best, which is his will. I, I think that is what's missing when you talk about God and the universe being one and the same, because there's no intellect, there's no direction. You're just talking about a um, um, a system that exists, all encompassing. Because when you say, well, the you know, he used the term like you know, being everywhere at all times, right? Being all knowing. How can a universe be all knowing? So that's where you you have to. So you're drawn. You're baking it in with truth surrounding it, right? So I'm gonna package it in with truth, but I'm gonna slide in some stuff that's not true with the truth and you're gonna swallow it all down together. You're like, yeah, what he said sounded good. But those that are not listening, it's like a person who um, listens to music, right? Um, if the beat gets you, then sometimes you don't pay attention to the words, <laughs> you know? So if that rhythm gets you, and then you realize what what are they saying? <laughs> you know, right. they're just saying some weird, you know, chicken scratch over this beautiful music. The music has just got you, but the words are. And so that's kind of what he was doing is that he created this whole ambiance, and then you know threw in uh, to steal your phrase some nonsense <laughs> with with the rest of the 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 whole. Uh, presentation. And so that's my biggest issue is that when we talk about the universe, we're talking about an impersonal power or system versus when we're talking about God, we're talking about a personal God who has thoughts and desires and feelings and a will towards mankind. Right. I, uh, I, I think now, now, Follow me, guys. For all of you guys watching watching right now, hello. I'm I'm the one that usually says controversial things. If you've never watched this before, <laughs> I think I think paganism and witchcraft catch a bad rap sometimes. Now, by that, I mean a lot of the practices that get adopted into Christianity get blamed on witchcraft and paganism. Now, as somebody who has been there and done that, I can tell you that there are aspects of witchcraft that absolutely are baked into 
Christianity, especially as you get into the paranormal side of Christianity, especially as you get into the um, the apparition and even the way that um, some people consider demonology aspect of Christianity. But when you get into things like energies, when you get into things like guardian angels, when you get into those kinds of concepts and on through to universalism, Taoism is one of the biggest influencers on Christian culture. There is, there are so many aspects that at this point have been adopted and taken in and taught time over time over time. And even for the people who, who, who have been confronted with the fact that, Hey, this came from someplace else. Okay. Well, why can't we just use it for Christianity? <laughs> because you have to, you have to consider the implication of what it is that you're saying of what it is that you're doing and all of those kinds of things that we, we that, that's why a little bit of knowledge goes a long way in being able to separate out the different pieces. Now, mind you, again, I there's there's a bridge too far with all of this that I plan on touching on. But right now, we're just talking about the the syncretism of it all the actual practice or the actual distinction of religious practices that that we are doing and incorporating and what we are actively pursuing when when we do these different things well i think because you have to take into consideration the cultural aspect of some of these things that they come from an ancient world i mean christianity itself is over 2000 years old judaism goes back nearly 4000 4500 years you know um and a lot of those other religions you know were side by side those eastern right. religions were were operating at the same time right and so these were the religions that um god was telling moses to separate the children of israel from and so he would list out the things that the the Egyptians were doing the you know uh, the the like you said the Eastern mysticism and you know the different ones the different empires that were at that time he's listing things that separate Israel from these other belief systems and then you come into the New Testament and Paul's doing the same thing he focuses on not worshiping idols he focuses on not going to their temples and he focuses on not, you know, believing in their gods. Even when Paul and Barnabas were preaching the gospel, people thought that they were Zeus and Hermes, <laughs> you know, and tried to sacrifice bulls to them. And they're ripping their clothes like this is what we're trying to tell you not to do. This is what we're trying to get you away from. And you guys are trying to sacrifice to us. We're just men. And that caused the people to be so angry at him that they wanted to kill him because they're like, well, wait a minute. So you're saying that what we're doing is wrong, <laughs> you know, but 
you're, you're, you're doing miracles. You're, you're doing it. Why can't we, like you said, uh, synchronize what you're doing? Simon, the sorcerer, right? Same thing. When Philip comes along, Simon was thought to be the very power of God as what the people thought of him. And so when he believed uh, Philip's message and was baptized, he saw the power of the Holy Spirit. He said, how much does that cost? Because I want to synchronize that with what I do, you know? And so, like you said, th those crossovers, I mean, even the, in the New Testament, uh, and it's only once in the New Testament that you see it, uh, the casting of lots, right? The casting of lots is in a lot of cultures in the ancient world, right? And they did it in various ways, whether it was rocks, whether it was bones, whether it was whatever they did, they shook them up. And what does it say? <laughs> what are we supposed to do? <laughs> and so the Holy Spirit comes and we don't cast lots anymore. We trust the Holy Spirit to guide us. And so being able to make that distinction, you first, again, like you said, have to understand what these beliefs are so you can just you're not just that's terrible that's evil that's wicked that's this that's that well understand where they're coming from so you can give them a bridge into you know what you believe but if you act like oh we don't have anything like that we've never done anything then now when they find it in your bible when they see the uh what's it called the urim and the thummim <laughs> you know back in the old testament and they're like wait a minute they had two rocks that told them what to do we do that too like yeah so you gotta you gotta be careful you know uh, i did an entire series on divination versus the bible and we had those hard conversations about some of those things that cross over and making sense of them so that you can see where they cross over and then see where the bible teaches the divide Instead of just saying, oh, this and you guys do that and you guys do that and not realizing that that's in your Bible, too. So you got to be careful understanding these practices. Right. And that's where it gets into <laughs> the. The how, how to navigate all of this, right? You can hear a lot today about things like. You know, send me good vibes for this thing or or. <laughs> you know, your energy is off or right. I'm sending you positive energy, those kinds of things, that kind of language. Um, again, when we take these things, we have to take the full implications of what it is that we're saying. And when we close ourselves off from the entirety of the conversation just because somebody believes differently than we do then we then we've we have given up the ability to be able to articulate in a way that makes sense to everybody the realities of the situation all because oh they don't believe so they're they're never mind them anyway you know and for the non-believer for 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 the non-christian <laughs> you you have to understand that before you take anything else into consideration 
they're not playing by the same playbook. So it does all look relative. For the Christian, we have to accept the fact that we live in the information age. We live in a time where there are open windows and open doors of things to come into the periphery like never before. And so we have to accept the fact that there is instant access now. There's always been access to bad teaching, but there is instant access to a lot of different platforms. And the reality is, is that as, as we look at the, the variety of these different things, most of them boil down to somebody wanting to feel better about a situation somebody wanting security about a situation, somebody wanting to know that this world makes sense for something. That's why they turn to these things. Right. And if they can look to some kind of positive energy, that's something maybe a little bit more tangible than God. And especially if it's God flavored or, or if they're under the impression that it's coming from God, then then suddenly that's a lot more palatable. Suddenly that makes a lot more sense. Suddenly that that's a lot more comfortable. And so if we, if we cut off the person and are not willing to engage, then we have cut them off from the opportunity to be able to come to understand the God of it all and God, where God is in all of this and why that and how this makes sense and all of this kind of stuff. And the realities of the situation, we have left them to their own devices just because they don't believe the same thing that we do. And that flies in the face of the top aspect of God's will is that no man shall perish. <laughs> and so at least be willing to engage in open dialogue and have conversation rather than looking at somebody like they're the enemy because they don't believe the same thing that you do. And then you can start to unpack the layers. Then you can start to peel back, uh, peel back the onion layers and get to the root of what it is that is causing them to think that way or what it is that the, the specific thought process is that, that, that seems to be the, the, the deviation point or what have you and build off from there. That's that's part one of that conversation. Part two of that conversation lies internally and conceiving properly of God and our relationship with him. But before we go there, I'll let you go ahead and 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 roll with the interacting with people portion of it. Um, I'm going to step away for a second. No. So, yeah, um, just to kind of carry that on and piggyback off of that idea is that when we're talking about uh, what we believe, especially to people who believe something differently, um, language is important. What we say and how we say it means a lot, because even if uh, even if I don't persuade that person to believe what I believe, I do want to garner their respect, you know, and honor, you know, loving God, right. And loving my neighbor. 
<clears throat> I think one of the things, <clears throat> excuse me, that Joe brought out <clears throat> that I wanted to go into a little bit deeper is the fact that when you see the full scope of this, right, and you see these practices that people are doing, and you look at them and say, oh, they're wicked, they're the enemy. Scripture doesn't say that. The Bible is clear that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities and the rulers of darkness and high places. Um, uh, I think it's first first John 5, 19 says the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. And you got to understand that it's bigger than this conversation with this person. There's an entire world system, you know, right. that wants people to not only not follow Christ, but to perish, you know, in what seems to be silk sheets, like enjoy your way into eternal punishment. Like, yeah. like you, you're, well, you, you think you're making these decisions and in all actuality, there is a sway, there is a influence that says, hey, you don't, you don't have to submit to God. You don't have to go that way. There's multiple ways. You can do it however you want to. So when Jesus says, I am the way, <clears throat> the truth, and the life, no man comes to the Father except through me, that puts Christianity in opposition to everything else, especially in this conversation, because now it's not 52 flavors. It's not you know, Burger King have it your way, you know, or what have you. It's actually, there is a way. The Bible is clear that there's a way that seems right to a man, but the end of that way is destruction. And so in having that serious of an implication, we have to say, well, how are we presenting to other belief systems a bridge to come to Christ? You know, because it's already difficult because the whole world is under the sway of the wicked one. Broad is the way to destruction, right? Many are going to find it. Narrow is the way to eternal life. Few find it. So we already know it's going to be difficult. Why would we become a stumbling block and make it harder for people instead of saying, okay, we do believe something different. Let me make a distinction for you so that you can choose and choose wisely. Yeah. Yeah. And understanding that, you know, I, for anybody who has heard, who has heard me preach, teach, or get in front of a microphone for more than 30 seconds, you've heard me say the word, the, say the word kingdom coming out of my mouth. And here's why. Because the relationship that we have with God is real, immersive, personal, intimate all of those things so so but that's more that has more to more that that says more than just god's got us god does have us that is a thing but there's an aspect of saying okay okay yahweh the god of everything we can know well mm. we can know intimately we can know in detail. And 
part of that is, yeah, we're going to sit here and tell you the punchline. I'm going to go ahead and cut to the punchline real, uh, real quick. Christians, the better that you understand that or the better that you know your Bible, the better you're going to know the guardrails. Okay, there's the punchline. But it's about more than just reading the words. It's about more than just knowing the words in an academic sense. Because when you engage, you are engaging with God. When you engage with God, catch this, he engages back. When we seek after him, guess what, guys? We find him. That's the reality. And so being able to say that, being able to know that we can know God means that God, God, guys, has, guys, God, say that five times fast, has <laughs> parameters has specificity, has detail. And that allows for you to understand what is of God and what is not. What is in his character and what is not. Because here's the reality. If it's the universe... It's whatever's out there feeding into your soul and giving you what you want in that moment. Mm -hmm. If it's me sending you positive vibes, positive energy, that's me giving something of myself to you to help benefit or, or better your situation. Now, mind you, there's a tangible aspect aspect of me giving something of myself to help benefit your situation. That's 100%. Like that, that's that's a wholly different thing. We are talking about apples and oranges at that point. But at a at an at an essence level, that's not that's not what I'm I'm not gonna give you aspects of my spirit to help benefit your situation or a byproduct of, of me, like my energy to benefit your situation. Yeah. And, and the, the, the danger, and I don't want to get too lost in this, but the danger is we, because we're talking about that because the thing that I hear is okay. Okay. If it's not all universal. Okay, fine. But what harm are we doing? If we're yeah. all speaking the same language, what harm are we doing? Okay, let me track track with me here. All right, I said this before, and I said, and I'll say it again. And this is going to get mad uncomfortable really, really quick. And I'm sorry for that trigger warning for anybody who doesn't want to go directly into the deep end. But we're cannonballing right now. Okay. <laughs> Death is a thing, right? We've all had to deal with it in some way, shape, or form. I had people that had said things to me along the way in my context of man i'm i'm sending you positive energy i'm sending you positive 
vibes that you can persevere and all of that. Okay. Okay. I, I will, I will, you know what, if you, if you think of me in a way and, and all of that kind of stuff, whatever, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna begrudge a kind, a, a kind sentiment. And so I'm not trying to throw the baby out with the bathwater, but never once has somebody's positive energy taken the context of the question away or taken the context of, of the reality of life without my son away or made it better. Now, mind you, I'm speaking from a context of the event had already happened. Let's rewind the clock. Okay. Let's go. Let's go before that. All right. So if I'm in that situation and somebody is sick, somebody is, uh, and, and, and I'm, I'm sending positive vibes. I'm sending positive energy and things don't work out. Now you set that person up for a fall by getting any measure of hope up. Now it sounds like I'm being harsh, but guys, there's a point in this that we have to be real about the implications of what we are saying. And we have to be real about the context of reality as it sits. And we have to accept that. We have to accept reality for what it is. I wish I could take that way. I wish I could take it so that way I didn't have to see the 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 the, the look of pain and hurt in the, the face of somebody that I love and watch them go through the realities of losing losing somebody that they love. I wish I could do that for somebody. Every day of my life, I wish I could do that for somebody, but I can't. But I go back to Isaiah 26.3. I go back to that reality of God. And it meant that, whoa, where did you just, you just took a left turn in Albuquerque. No, wait, I didn't though. Because if we are going to say things, then we need to understand the implications of the words that we are using and understand the realities of the context in the world in which we are seeing them. And be willing to say, okay, what is this doing to the other person? Yeah. I might mean well, but what is this doing to the other person? And understanding, understanding the realities of God, understanding the realities of the kingdom, understanding the realities of the relationship that we have with God, that that changes, that changes everything. Because then we realize, guys, this isn't abstract. This isn't hyperbole. The things that we're talking about here, we can know definitively within a concrete context that it's not as abstract as a universal thought or a universal force of nature. That no, Yahweh, God, is real. Defined in so many terms. There's an aspect of God that is outside of what we can conceive. So I don't want to make it sound like we we know every single solitary thing. 
But there's a lot that we do know. That doesn't make it abstract in the complete sense. That just means that we can't fully conceive of why, if you've ever heard anybody try to make an analogy, you notice how we didn't try to make an analogy here, folks, about the about the Trinity and all of that? It's because they always fail. It's because I've never heard one. I've never once heard one that isn't like, well, oh, I hate to be that guy. But like, <laughs> oh, if you extrapolate that out, that's just plain heresy. You know what I mean? Like that's right. not, and that's where I think if I think if you trace back a lot of the um, isms along the way, the different versions of the fifty-two flavors of of what the various Christian adjacent Christian plus sort of ways of thinking and philosophy. They stem back to trying to conceive of God in a way that puts more detail than we could ever actually have or paints pictures or, or puts puts aspects to it that aren't that 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 aren't otherwise captured within the Bible or captured within teaching. You know, and that that's part of it is we have to accept the fact that that the Bible's quiet on some things. Yeah. So that means we we have to accept that and be quiet about some things because we don't have anything to work off of. Yeah, at the, at the end of the day, what God reveals about himself is what um, man can handle. Because the Bible is clear that his thoughts are not our thoughts and his ways are not our ways. That, you know, man cannot be God's counselor that there are things that God knows that we couldn't possibly know. And I think that, that, that makes the struggle, you know, when we talk about the universe and the universe is guiding us. And I think you made this point earlier um, and I made it as well. And so I'm going to triple down on it. When people are talking about the universe, they're usually talking about, a power that gives them what they want yeah. here and now. Right. When we're talking about God, we're talking about a person who desires relationship with us from now throughout eternity. When, you know, maybe we're talking about Allah, we're talking about reward for living you know, being a good Muslim that echoes into the afterlife. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm, and I'm, you know, simplifying, you know, um, cause I don't, I don't want to be, you know, offensive or, but, but we're just kind of boiling it down so that we can kind of quantify where we are. Right. Christianity. Um, and, and, and we got to throw Judaism in there as well. Judaism has the same flavor that if you're obedient, these are the rewards, right. you know, that you receive. Whereas Christianity, the reward is God himself, relationship with him. Even now, that's the reward. That's the reward of hours of study is to know God and to know his son. Right. That's that. That's the reward now of loving your neighbor as you love yourself is that 
you feel a deeper connection to God because God so loved the world. And so everything you're doing is for a deeper, richer, more intimate relationship with God, right? To be uh, connected, uh, to be transformed into the image of Christ and to be unified with God through Christ, right? And so these ideas, you really, you know, contradict they're all the same right because each point of view has a different outcome that that they're looking for there's a different goal in mind for each of these points of views and that's just the ones that we're we're, we're mentioning right at the end of the day it can't be all the same you know they're as somebody once said, they all can't be true, right? <laughs> they, right? They all can't be true. And that's the harsh reality of this. And this is why we have to make the distinction so that people can make a decision. They can make a choice of what you're going to follow that you're not thinking. And that's what goes back to your syncretism. You're not thinking that all of it's the same anyway so you just throw it all together and yeah. if i'm if i'm doing some universal practices in my christianity it's not a big deal because it's all leads to the same place right. <laughs> you know when right. in all actuality if you study each one out the goal is not the same place the goal the, the goals are very different the outcomes are very different they're not leading to the same place I think that's why they have to be talked about so that people can make their choice and they can, you know, go with what they firmly are convicted of. That's why for a Christian, we got to we got to do a better job of knowing what we believe and why we believe it and who we believe in. We can't. Oh, yeah, that sounds like what we believe. When in all actuality, it doesn't sound like what we believe. It's similar in a practice. It's similar in a value, but it's not the same as what we believe. Right. And that's why I even bother to go to the place of, of jumping into the deep end and addressing very real issues like that. Because one of the dangerous things that we face today in the modern flavor, I'm not going to sit here and say it's the only time that this has happened or whatever. But the, but the current most dominant flavor is stems out of a place of self-help. Out of a place of this idea of you are enough. Or what you want matters. Like, that's a, it's a fine line and you have to understand the context to really understand what I'm saying when I say that, because it's not like God leaves us to not to, and doesn't, doesn't care for us and all of that kind of stuff or, or care for what we want, but it's not about our fleshly desires. It's about the kingdom of God. And so there's not, you know, it's, it's not wrong to to have a desire that your family is provided for or that right. you know all of those kinds of things like it's not those aspects aren't the big deal but 
do you have a car to get to work? Okay. Do you have the best sports car to get to work or to go here, there, and everywhere? That's something different. Do you have a roof over your head? Okay. Do you have a, you know, this, this, this grand house that has more bedrooms than you actually need and all of that? Okay. What are you doing for the kingdom with that resource? You understand? Like that's, that's something that understanding where, where your motive lies really does matter. And that's the thing about self-help is it's very concentrated. It's literally in the name guys. It's literally right there. It's self. And part of the danger is, is I'm just trying to be helpful. Why is it so bad for me to, for me to want these things? You can want those things, but you're not actually doing anything to help the person by self-help, by, by telling them or counseling them to go into themselves to find the answer or trying to reach within yourself to give them the answer. It doesn't, it, you're not, you're not providing any actual benefit there. The, the, the actual benefit comes from God. And that's, that's why I go to that awkward place. That's why I go to that uncomfortable place is because when we talk about those things, these are the realities of life and we have to be able to articulate them and put them within the context of the kingdom in a way that makes sense. Part of knowing God really, like knowing him in a way that says, no, no, God is real. Jesus is real. These things happen. These things are the realities of this life is understanding, like we talked about, that it's not a matter of taking down the, god the godless heathens. <laughs> it's not a matter of being God's righteous right hand. It's a matter of loving on people and having conversations, but ultimately pointing people to God, not trying to step in between and, and be the end all be all or trying to carry the weight of the heavy lifting of needing to perform exactly the right way. It's a matter of being able to point people to the actual source of comfort and the actual source of peace and life and truth and all of those things. Yeah, you, you brought up, you know, um, the, the topic of, of, of death. And, you know, in the past week, I lost my brother suddenly and my cousin. And, you know, it, it brings you to a place where, you know, when you you realize that Christians have... Uh, well, I'll just say it this way. The Christians here in America and the ones that I've come in contact with have a very weak and watered down theology around death. They're actually very, um, um, uh, they're, they're almost, <laughs> as you say, universal about it. Like it's just, you know, some of the things that they say you you're not getting from your bible you're not getting from you know now you go to a, a a muslim and 
they have a strong theology about death. You know, that you're returning to God. You're going back to where, you know, you came from. Your work here on earth is done. However short amount of time that is. Like, you know, I can kind of accept that more than, yeah, just trust God's plan. You know, um, he works in mysterious ways. And, you know, uh, you know, he's doing this to teach you something. You know, he, he there's a lesson in this, you know, look for the silver lining. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> you know, what are you talking about right now? You know, all these weird things to avoid the reality of this and the pain of this, you know, um, it's just looking at Jesus. Uh, when Lazarus died, Jesus was both sad and frustrated with the people. <laughs> you know, he wept, but then he had to listen to the people whispering behind his back. Well, he opened blinded eyes. Why couldn't he stop this from happening? <laughs> and he ended up groaning inside of himself like, wow, you guys don't really get it, right? For me, whether it's now or later, I am the resurrection and the life. That whether I bring Lazarus back today or I raise him up in glory, he's not gone from my perspective. You know, and I was like, wow, just reading this is like, yeah, I feel that. I feel that, you know, because you want you, you, your humanity wants to say, whoa, if, if you would have been here, God, this wouldn't have happened. Right. right. <laughs> if you, you know, wait a minute, you healed that, that guy over there. How come you didn't do it over here? Yep. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I mean, come on, let's, you know, be real. You're thinking these things, but ultimately you're, we're, we're almost uh, oblivious to the fact that Jesus wept, that there is, that God does feel for us, that he does care for us, that he does see our pain and he can't always just eliminate our pain. Sometimes he gets into our pain with us. As you said, Isaiah 26, three, that, you know, he will give them perfect peace. He will keep them in perfect peace whose mind has stayed on him because they trust in him. They don't understand, but they trust. They don't know exactly what's going on, but I'm going to trust in you, <laughs> you know, that whatever this is bigger than me, because my thoughts are not your thoughts, Lord, and my ways are not your ways. And I do understand that. Does that make sense when I look around me and I see the things that are going on? Yeah, I can see why a person would be tempted to say, well, it's all relative. Whatever you believe is whatever you believe so that I can then create my own belief about it that makes me feel the best. Because again, you hit the, the nail on the head. A lot of times people are just trying to feel better. They're, yeah. they're just trying to alleviate their pain. And mm -hmm. you can't condemn that thinking, but you have to understand it and help them across that difficult bridge. You know, you can't say, yeah, don't think like that or don't do that or don't do this or don't do that. Don't feel that. Don't, you know, no, you say, well, I'm with you. This is 
this is a tough one. You know, mm-hmm. how can I help? Well, right now you can't do anything. Fine. I'll just, <laughs> you know, I'll just be praying for your strength. I'll be praying for your comfort. I'll be praying for the healing of your broken heart. Because mm-hmm. you see that language in the Bible that Jesus came to bind up the broken heart. You know, there's there's a compassion with God that when we say, oh, well, his plan, it's bigger than us. We don't understand. It's almost like we yank the compassion out of God and we turn him into the universe. Yep. Because the universe doesn't have a heart. <laughs> the universe doesn't, you know. So now, now we can see where, oh, it's all relative. It's all the same, you know, so. I will I will never begrudge the human desire to want to feel better after tragedy. Come on. But as Christians, let's let's point people to to the actual source of comfort. Yeah. And and realize that that doesn't take away the nonsense. But it overlays on top of the 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 realities of this world. So understand that as as we as we navigate this this and as we send as we we wrap here, this is only the beginning of a conversation that's way bigger than this. And understand that that conversation has to be more nuanced than just making fun of somebody else's thought process or some the way somebody else deals with this or something along those lines or or holding back from them or something along those lines that this is something that gets to the very core of the human existence and and is something that that ultimately if we allow for it will point back to the reality of god this is why we why we talk so much about real relationship about real context about all of these things because at the end of the day, that, that is what separates God from the universe. That is what separates God from other religions. That's what separates God from other philosophical ways of thinking. Is that we can know God, that God is real, and God is not just an abstract thought. Right. So, so let's. It, and, and if that's something that you find yourself as you hear this being like, whoa, wait a minute, then 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 take 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 a breath and understand that all of that is real and dive into the scriptures, dive into the realities of what the Bible has to say about how well we can know God. And a, a lot of the the noise of specifics, right? Because there are specific practices that are, that have a, um, that, that have a, a, a background in, in this thought process and that thought process. Yeah. There, I, I could rattle off a bunch of them right off the top of my head and, and not even scratch the surface. Right. Like there are there are are tons that we didn't even specifically touch on that are pretty prevalent. You know the paranormal, demons, uh, ritualistic practices, all of that kind of stuff. 
but a lot of the that stuff just falls under the same banner of it all looks the same if you're if if you are unaware it all looks the same so let's be aware right we have the ability as christians to know the specifics the specifics of god and and build from there when we say things like we have to know what we believe and why we believe it that isn't just for the academic sake it's not just to cross a line item off of the list of good dutiful actions to perform as christians no it's engaging with a really with a very real god it's engaging with a very real existence that is a part of this existence that has implications to it, which means it's not all relative, which means your good intentions of wanting to make somebody feel better and make them think that their great aunt Mildred has come back or make them feel better that positive energy is going to change the situation or things like that. Unfortunately, that's all noise. And at the end of the day, we can know the actual source of truth in life. We can know the realities of God and be able to rest in that, to be able to sit in that reality. Because at the end of the day, anything else, anything else just kind of sells the situation short. Anything else just kind of leaves the whole situation wanting. And we do a disservice to the individual if we try to give them something other than God. What do you think? Anything else? No, I, I you know, I, like you said, I, w- I wish we had more interaction from our chat to kind of help us uh, talk through whatever their personal uh, questions or uh, things that they have dealt with. I mean, that would definitely. But if they have no more questions, I mean, um, you know, I think we can we can land this plane. Uh, yeah. I would say, please send them in. So that we can, you know, examine them because, you know, this is this can be a, a difficult subject. Um, so definitely appreciate those that have been rocking with us, um, popping in and out. Um, hopefully, hopefully we answered some questions, gave you something good uh, to think about <laughs> uh, going yeah. forward. Yeah. Yeah. I would love to be able to dig into specific concepts that can get conflated because this is kind of an over an, an aerial view of the topic and of this concept, but I would love to be able to hear from you guys about specific issues that you have heard that maybe we touched on, maybe we didn't that have roots elsewhere or what have you and be able to biblically dissect those 
and and present an authentic answer because our 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 like I like we've said before, it, it's not about beating you guys up. It's not about trying to embarrass anybody for what they believe and all of that. And I and I unfortunately am a little unsurprised because this is something that nobody wants to be the one that jumps into the comment section with a belief that isn't founded in Christianity and all of that. So if you guys watch this and you're like, Hey, I didn't want to do this live. Then if you're on Facebook, you can find me at either, um, the buddy walk with Jesus account or the kingdom on the road account. Uh, I, I handled the socials for both of, for both of those spots. Um, and and you can message directly and if you prefer that you um stay anonymous but want to hear us engage with your questions and all of that uh feel free to send them in because that's that that's that's fine you know we don't have to we don't have to say specifically that you know who you are or anything like that but just understand that if you have a question you're likely not the only person that has that question. And I can tell you from the, from, from hearing from people who have witnessed other folks engage in the comment section and have questions, you, you tend the, the, the person asking the question tends to be a blessing to other people because it's somebody stepping forward and asking that and wrestling out loud. And that's part of why we do these tough questions is allowing people the opportunity to wrestle out loud and show the, 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 the real struggle that happens with unpacking the realities of this context, the kingdom context the the realities of the existence of God as we navigate this world. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. You want to go ahead and press up? Yes, sir. So, Father, we just <clears throat> thank you for this time uh, of sharing and uh, diving into your word. I just pray, God, that you would uh, bless those listeners that tuned in and that will tune in. I pray, God, that uh, if there's anything that we said or done that was not pleasing to you, God, that you would help us, correct us, direct us, uh, give us wisdom and insight. Lord, I just thank you for just the opportunity. Um, to share your word uh, over the airwaves, to reach people that some we may never meet, some that one day we may come in contact with them. And, uh, but through this vehicle, through this platform, we can share your word um, with countries. And so, God, I just thank you for that. And I just pray for your blessing in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. All right, guys, thank you all for joining us this week. Um, Sound off down below, like we said, um, and we will engage. We keep an eye on the comment sections even after this, the, the stream is done. So until next week, remember two very important things that you are prayed for and you are loved deeply. Peace, y'all.